Are you ready to find the missing link in your wellness journey? Do you want to learn how specialized women-owned businesses can collectively help you achieve the goals you want for your mind, body, and soul? Hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Alhui, founder of Orthopelvic Physical Therapy and Molly Atala, former teacher and manager of Orthopelvic. Together, we are on a mission to help women know that there is help for whatever their needs are. From cosmetic tattoo artists to naturopath doctors, we break down different methods and treatment that women may not know are available to them by drastically improving their quality of life. We believe that no one can achieve the results they desire going down one path with one practitioner. And that is why we come together to collaborate. This podcast is for all women, especially for those who want more information on improving their overall well-being and would like to learn about methods and treatment and care that they may be unaware of. So let us connect the pieces of the puzzle for you. While listening, you will learn about local female-run businesses and understand that when providers work together to have a collective approach, we can reach the best outcomes for you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back for another episode of Collaborative Connections with Orthopelvic PT. Molly co-host today, co-hosting solo, solo host, Dr. Kelly is elsewhere, but Lauren Angler of Sleep Via Graces and I are going to have a phenomenal time. So just want to introduce you to sleep consultant Lauren and have her kind of tell us about herself and her business. Thank you, Molly. I'm excited to be here today. Like Molly said, my name is Lauren Angler. I am a wife, a mama to two girls, and I am a a former teacher turned pediatric sleep consultant. So I'm excited to be here and share more about what it is I do. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. Yeah. So listeners, for those of you who don't know, I was a high school English teacher before going to pelvic health, which obviously is a big pivot, um, just as <laughs> Lauren was in elementary education um, and pivoting to sleep consulting. But I know for me, and I'm, I can't wait to hear more about Lauren's journey. For me, I really kind of gave my everything morning, nights, and weekends to my students. And it was really rewarding work, but I just didn't have anything left over. And when I had Jamie, I had planned for a longer maternity leave. So I was going to be off with him for a year, which is amazing. And that was a huge, a huge thing for just me mentally knowing that I needed to have some, some space left over for him. That was really huge for me. And then after I had him, I just knew that that year was not going to be enough and that I was not going to be able to transition back into teaching at the capacity and at the level that I wanted to. And I know for a lot of people, they're able to really kind of separate their home life and their teaching life. And for me too, I was all honors, which was really time consuming for planning and grading and all those types of things. But through having, you know, postpartum pelvic health issues like leakage and pain with intercourse after having Jamie and coming to orthopelvic when it was just Kelly, it was really, really amazing. And it gave me the opportunity to completely pivot. And I remember Brad, when I was getting PT with Kelly, he said, you know, you've learned so much and you've like taken in so much about postpartum and pregnancy. And like, you're learning so much about pelvic health. Like I, I, you know, I wish that there was a way that you could 
use that. And I kind of said to him like, Oh, like nobody wants my help with that. Like That's not, that's <laughs> not going to happen. And he, you know, thankfully was there. And then Kelly kind of saw that too. And I became her first hire. And now we have a team of six, which is incredible. That's um, amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's so great to be able to learn more and uplift through this podcast, other female owned small businesses. So yeah, Lauren, I would just love to hear your story about how you transitioned and how this passion came about. Yeah. So I I feel like we have very similar stories, of course, in very different fields, but the same kind of story of you had pelvic health issues and it was from learning more and kind of growing a passion for pelvic floor, learning more about what you can do for yourself, how you can help others. The same thing happened for me with sleep. So like Molly mentioned, like I mentioned, I was a former elementary teacher when my oldest, she's now four and a half, which is crazy. When she was born, I was still teaching. I had always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but that was definitely not in the cards for our family at the time. So I continued teaching for the first two years of her life and I loved teaching, but it was so hard for me. Like Molly said, to separate the two before she was born, I was a teacher at school an hour and a half before my students got there. And at least an hour and a half after they left. And once she was born, I got there at the last possible moment. I was out the door at the first possible moment. And I would do a lot of work when she went to bed or try to do work when she went to bed, but it was, it was really challenging to balance the two. And once I was pregnant with my second, my husband and I said, we need to make a change. And this is a change that is going to be hard, but is definitely necessary for our family. So I taught up until the day my now two and a half year old was born. And I became a sleep consultant just a couple months before in hopes that I could be a stay-at-home mom that also works part-time on the side to continue to support our family. And I became a sleep consultant because my Olivia, who is actually the namesake behind our business. So um, my business is Via Graces. Her name is Olivia Grace because she did not sleep the first 10 months of her life. And also everything in parenting has to be done with so much grace. So when I was coming up with my business name, it seemed very fitting. But like I said, she actually was a fairly good newborn sleeper. I cuddled her for every single nap because I could and I wanted to, and I didn't think of anything differently. And bedtime was actually fairly great. I would nurse her to sleep. She'd wake up once in the night and things were going great. I spent a lot of time growing up with kids. I babysat all the time. I was a teacher. So I thought like people talk about sleep being a challenge. That's just not going to be a challenge for me. I know kids. Well, she's a great newborn sleeper. We must be doing everything right. And then she hit four months old and we were quite humbled because everything that had been going well stopped going well. And from about four months old to 10 months old, she was waking anywhere from four to 10, four to seven, maybe four to seven times a night. And I would nurse her, rock her, lay her back down, re-nurse her, re-rock her, lay her back down. And it was exhausting. And there were times where I had that, like, it does it really have to be this way? And most often it was like, okay, yeah, because you're just going to be a tired mom. This is the way that it is. Babies just sometimes don't sleep. And then again, I'd hit a little space of, but does it really have to be this way? This is really hard. I was teaching and I was exhausted and she wasn't getting the sleep she needed. But for a while I thought this is just what it has to look like. I don't have another option until she was 10 months old and I was home on summer break. And I was like, something has to change. We can't keep functioning this way. I'm not functioning well and, and I'm home now so we can really focus on this. And so we sleep trained her. We actually use the cry it out method, which I don't often love sharing about because it's hard and Mm. I don't suggest families do the cried out method because it is so challenging. And a lot of people think, well, babies sleep by crying it out. And while yes, there's likely going to be some form of crying involved with sleep training as we're making any changes 
you don't have to leave your kiddo by themselves for hours. And, and sometimes that doesn't even work. Sleep is so much more than just crying it out. So we did the cry it out method. It worked. Our daughter was sleeping. I was super thankful. But when we got pregnant again, I was like, okay, I can't do 10 more months of sleeplessness and I have mm. a toddler and I can't do the cried out method again. It worked, but I, I can't do that again. That was too hard for me. And so that led me down the road of there has to be other options, babies and kids sleep. Mm-hmm. How can we get there without again, months of sleeplessness and an insane amount of crying where I felt like I couldn't support my baby in the way that I wanted to. Mm. And so I stumbled into the world of sleep consulting, although I'm not working with kindergartners, first grade, second graders. Well, I am. I am working with five and seven-year-olds, although I'm not teaching them how to read and how to write. I'm teaching their parents. I'm teaching their parents how to better support their child in the way that they would like to in their home, specifically in regards to sleep. And I love it. And it has directly benefited our family. We have a two and a half year old, a four and a half year old who share a room and sleep all night. And this mama needs her sleep. So I am very thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you said something that so many people relate to is that, you know, we definitely, of course, we have so many new moms coming in in and out of the clinic. And I hear Mm -hmm. all the time, like, oh, like as newborns, you know, oh, they're, she's sleeping great. He's sleeping great. They're giving us an eight hour stretch, all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And then that four month regression hits and they come in. I mean, I feel so bad, you know, like it just, you see the change. Yeah. You see it, you see it. And I, it's just so tough. And I, you know, there's so many things that they can do, but so often like with you for your first child, you're kind of like, well, I guess like this is kind of my badge to bear. Like, I guess it's just going to be hard. And like, I'm just going to be this tired. And like, that's, that's my thing now, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just not hashtag tired mom. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's not really how it has to be. But so I think a lot of choices, we just have Jamie who just turned two Mm -hmm. and we, for him, a lot of choices, I think a lot of like experiences that we had with him were hard. We made a really concerted effort to learn about so that they were not as difficult the next time, which is also so relatable to your experience. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't have plans to get pregnant again anytime soon, but it's very much on our radar of like needing to have those skills in place. Mm -hmm. Um, and with you, I know, so I came to Lauren as a client, which was so amazing. We actually, I went to Penn state for one year before I transferred to UVA and I met Lauren at Penn state, which was so cool for the year that I was there before I went to Virginia. And so we reconnected after I had Jamie and I had taken, I had taken like a really popular online sleep course because I was like really just knowing like I'm a high sleep needs individual as I know you are as well. (laughs) And so just wanting to set myself up for success as much as humanly possible. And we tried all of the things with Jamie who is also high sleep needs. And we just were really getting into a place that I know you deal with a lot of your clients. And I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate to where as the sun goes down, you experience dread. You yes. really, you start dreading the night that's to come. And mm-hmm. that's just really not a good way to live. And thankfully we connected and did a sleep plan. And Jamie was only, he was only eight weeks old. So I- but I think that, you know, it's in the sleep consulting and this work is really just in the zeitgeist, like so much more than when you had Olivia, your oldest. Yes. And so that's like such a huge benefit that I'm definitely reaping and that, you know, parents with younger children right now, like can mm-hmm. reap and with your services as well. And it's so cool that you have clients from all over the world. Yeah. Like we never had to meet, like you never had to step into our home or spend mm-hmm. the night or anything like that. But yeah. So if you could tell, I mean, I'd love to, if you could kind of share with us 
what does it look like? I know it's a little different, maybe kind of an overview. Like we did kind of a newborn plan because he was eight yeah. weeks, right? So we yep. worked together from eight to 12 weeks. You do see a lot of people at the four or five month mark, <laughs> yes, at definitely. eight, nine month mark, um, you yes. with older kids as well. I mean, yes. Lauren, like you have such amazing stories of like working with like older kids who'd never slept through the yeah. night. Yeah. But yeah. Can you kind of tell us about those services and kind of how people come to you and what that looks like? Absolutely. Yeah. I think what I love is that parents come to me. I always say there's kind of two kind of families that I work with. So the one kind of family is kind of like you, I am dreading bedtime. I've had parents who are like, I actually dread coming home from work because then I know bedtime is coming and I don't want to do it. I wake up. I had a dad the other night who I had to lay her down 72 times before she actually laid down and went to sleep or kids who are awake for four hours before they go to bed. So parents who are in that place of, we can't do this anymore. This is not healthy for our family, for our child, for our marriage, for our other kids. Something has to change right now. That's probably the majority of the families that come to me. I also have families who come to me who are like, you know what? Honestly, things aren't that bad right now. We're hanging in there, but I've heard the horror stories and I don't want to get there. Or a lot of those will be in the newborn world of, hey, we just want to set a foundation that will help support us moving forward. Of course, we're not going to fully sleep train a newborn. We're not expecting an eight-week-old to sleep through the night. That would be completely unrealistic. But there are things that we can do to help support their sleep so they're not awake for six hours during the day. And you can lay them down in their crib for a nap and know that they'll sleep more than 45 minutes at a time at night. And so what I love about newborns specifically is that we're really setting a foundation There is a lot of room for cuddles and there's also space to say, oh, I can actually lay them down and go take a shower. Oh, I can actually go to the bathroom in peace because I know how to lay them in their crib and we can go for all these walks in the neighborhood and enjoy snuggles and grandma can enjoy snuggles, which is, I mean, you have to snuggle your baby as a newborn. That's good for everybody, but you can also start feeling confident when it comes to sleep for babies. Again, kind of after that four month mark, when a lot changes, which is good, right? We go through physical sleep cycle changes that are necessary, but that often looks really hard. So with babies, we are doing more official sleep training for younger babies. That does not always mean sleeping through the night. Sometimes they still need a night feed or two, but we can still teach them how to fall asleep in their crib independently and sleep the appropriate length of time they can actually do physically when they're ready, sleep through the night. So parents feel confident at bedtime. Toddlers and older kids are definitely a different world. Again, when my daughter turned two, she kind of went through a sleep regression and I was a month away from becoming a sleep consultant. And we went right back to having to sit in her room as she fell asleep because I was like, crying it out doesn't work anymore. She has the stamina of a two-year-old and I can't keep doing this. Thankfully became a sleep consultant, pulled a plan on her and she's been great ever since. But toddlers and babies were sleep trained very differently. They have a voice and they can stand and they're mobile. So with toddlers and older kids, it looks different, but it's still in that same vein of how can you learn to fall asleep in your crib or in your big kid bed, stay asleep through the night, giving parents the tools and the confidence where they know they want their kid in their bed all night and they have no idea how to get there. So we set some strategies, thinking about the kids personally. I think what I love about what I do is that I'm talking to real people who have real children and I want to learn about those kids. Tell me about their personality. Tell me about their interests. Tell me about your family and your schedule so that I feel like I'm supporting Molly and Brad and Jamie, 
not mom, dad, and baby. So again, with those toddlers and older kids, especially what makes them tick and, and how can we get them sleeping to the best of their ability? So, I mean, it's fun that I'm not working with all newborns all the time. I have a newborn and a five-year-old and an 18 month old at the same time, which is really exciting. Absolutely. And I think something that's so nice is like, Things that, you know, even as like second, third time parents, you might not notice are things that you pick up on. Like I know for Mm -hmm. us, like a big thing, which is a big thing for a lot of your clients is pulling wake up earlier. So that Mm -hmm. bedtime is earlier, which is great for everyone. And you also work with, I will say, um, you know, if you have anybody listening, if you have a specific schedule for work, for daycare, like restrictions that you have, Mm -hmm. obviously Lauren works with those. Like for us, we wanted an earlier, a healthy bedtime. We wanted like a seven, you know, seven bedtime, which meant that we couldn't have that newborn staying in bed of like almost kind of having the first nap until like eight 30, nine o'clock mm-hmm. and pulling that earlier. And so we had a couple more, you know, I was like, well, he's waking, you know, once in the night or whatever. And then it was, you know, two night wakings because we're just going down earlier. We're, you know, we're getting up earlier, but it was so mm-hmm. amazing. You were really able to kind of say, oh, like he had exhibited certain behaviors. And you said, I think he's getting ready to drop this feed and things yeah. that I would have no clue about. And Mm -hmm. I think for other parents too, that that's so you really, I don't know. I feel like it's so difficult. You can read so many different books out there and it seems like everything your newborn or your baby does is a sign of 12 different things. Um, so it's just (laughs) so phenomenal to work with someone like you of helping and like, you know, Lauren, I'd love if you could kind of speak to when you make a plan for a family, Mm. what does that look like? How, what's their communication with you? Like, cause I know from firsthand experience of, you know, putting down notes, you know, in my, in our sleep chart and in his schedule and you giving me that feedback of like, I guess this means that he's trying to drop this. Yes. And lo and behold, he a thousand percent was, but I have no clue. (laughs) So yeah, what does that look like? And how do people interact with you? Like, how do they create the plan? How do you interface with them afterwards? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I have a couple different ways I support families, but there's a piece of it that always looks the same. So I always give families a questionnaire where I want to learn again. I want to learn all about your child, about your family, about the parents, siblings, so that I really have a full picture of what's going on. So I always send a questionnaire. Using that questionnaire, then I'll personalize that sleep plan. So there are definitely similarities across sleep plans, right? I'm going to talk about the same kind of sleeping environment where we want it dark. We want the white noise. Four-month-olds are typically going to be on a similar schedule. Babies who are taking night feeds, we're going to talk through a similar night feed process. But then there are those spaces of Just like you said, the families who want a seven to seven schedule or an eight to eight schedule, or I have a toddler and a baby. Is there any way we can maybe get some of their naps to overlap? So I actually have space that's free during the day for the kids who are afraid of the dark, who have a lot of anxiety around bedtime. We're going to talk about more strategies there for nursing moms or pumping moms or bottle feeding moms or all of the above together. We're going to talk specifically about how to make sure you feel supported. You can reach the goals that you want to reach while supporting your baby. So all of that comes into play as we're walking through environment, routines, schedule. How are we actually going to help my baby learn to fall asleep? All of those things are very connected to what works well for the family and that baby's personality. And then we go over that plan. So that's where the teacher and me, I'm going to walk through every step of that. I want parents to feel confident where, yes, of course you can access me, but I want you to feel confident knowing, okay, if this happens, this is what I'll do here. But if this happens, I'm going to do this. I want to empower the parents. I don't want them to feel like they forever need me to keep you know, whispering in their ear what to do. But then from there, I have some families who do my more basic DIY package where they essentially implement the plan on their own and they can reach out via email 
two times to gain any further guidance. But those are the parents who are like, maybe they're second time parents. They've done this before. They just want a little more guidance or they just say, hey, yeah, I, I think I can follow a plan. And if I need more support, I'll get more support. Or I have other families who they want to know that every day or every hour, if they need any help, I'm there for them. If you like this podcast, please download, share, and review so that we can continue to share our mission more widely and support even more women and women-owned businesses on their wellness journey and self-care journey. You can also find us at www.orthopelvicpt.com, on Instagram and YouTube at orthopelvicpt, and on TikTok at orthopelvicpt1. At Orthopelvic PT, we are primarily pelvic health therapists that practice treating hip pain, low back pain, leakage, postpartum, pregnancy, pubic symphysis dysfunction, prolapse, tailbone pain, and the list goes on and on. Whether you are struggling with acute pain or chronic issues, we would love to chat with you and recommend the next steps of just giving us a call and we'd love to chat today. Thank you.